Well, good morning. Welcome to Sugar Harvest Church. We are in part six of a four-part series. <laughs> Sometimes it just takes me longer. I don't know. But we are wrapping this series up today called Messenger. And what we have been doing, we, we've been saying this, that we read what is important to us. We just have a habit of doing that. If somebody sends you a text message, 99.9% .9 of the time, by the end of that day, you will have read that message, usually within moments, right? We read our emails. If people send you right now, I have 2,776 emails in my email box. So I haven't been reading mine just recently with the remodel going on. But Generally speaking, when somebody sends you an email that's addressed to you, you know who it's from, you know it's personal, you read that, right? We do the very same thing with Facebook Messenger and even with mail that comes to your mailbox. If it's from somebody you know, guess what you do? You open that because I do the same thing and we read that handwritten, that personal note. We read really all of those things because they're important to us. We read what is important. So how silly must it sound for me or for you to say this to God? Well, God, thank you, thank you, thank you for loving me. Thank you for what you did on the cross for me, God. Thank you. I am grateful for that. And, and really, thank you even for giving us this message called the Bible. Thank you for that. But God, listen, I thanks but no thanks. I just, I'm not a reader, God. I'm just not a reader. Thank you. But it, God, if you want to communicate with me, if you want to talk with me, you're going to have to find another way to do it because I, I just don't like to read, God. I just don't like to read. You're going to have to find another way. And we would say, Harley, that's ridiculous. I, I, I would never say that to God. But yet, we say that to God with our actions almost every single day. We say, thanks, God, but no thanks. I just don't like to read. Now, in this series, we have unapologetically said we are trying to get you to, to agree, to, to read some of your Bible, some of God's Word, this message to you, some of it, a little bit of it, every single day. Because... What if God is trying to speak to you? What if God is telling you something? And the reality is he has and he is. So we've asked you to every single day read a little bit of God's word. And today we're adding one, a pass to that. Today we're saying not only would you read God's word, but would you select a passage or would you select a verse that for that week, you could understand that passage or that verse very deeply. And for that week, you would maybe even memorize that verse or that passage. And then, for that week, would you try to begin to live that verse or that passage? Today, as we leave here today, I'm going to very specifically ask you, would you begin to live the passage that we're talking about today? Now, today I want to give you an example of what that might be like to select a passage, to select a verse, and to try to understand that verse very deeply, and then perhaps maybe even to memorize it, and then to begin to live that verse. So we're going to get us started today. This is just a suggestion 
of a passage that maybe you could choose for this week. Let me tell you kind of how this works. So let's look at the passage I've selected. It's Psalm, and that's a book of poetry. Psalm, we're going to look at Psalm 105, and we're going to just look at the first six verses together as we move through this teaching time. So here's Psalm 105, verse 1. It says, Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Now, throughout the Old Testament, on week number one, we told you the Old Testament is another word for Old Covenant. And throughout the Old Testament, this Old Covenant, God sets himself apart from everything else that people call a God, which really, God says, those are no gods at all. I'm not like that. I am the God, the, the one and only God. And he separates himself from all of those. And also, in the Old Testament, God takes a nation and he separates this nation from all the nations in the world. And this is the Israel nation, the Jewish people. And he takes this nation and he tells them, I have a special thing I want you to do. I want you, this nation, to make my name known throughout all the world. That's what I want you to do. That's your job. We understand that all you to tell all the world about all of these great things that I have done. Now we understand that all of these great things that God did in the Old Testament and this old covenant are leading to the new covenant. They're leading to the New Testament. All of these great things. In fact, they're all leading to perhaps the greatest thing that God did. And that was for him to redeem all of mankind. And he did that at the cross where he died. And then three days later, he rose again and walked out of that tomb. And when he did that, for all of those who choose to submit their lives to him and to believe in him, all of those he redeemed. Now, that was pretty spectacular. We know that's where it's all leading. He goes on. The poet goes on. He says, let the whole world know what he has done. Now, I believe that even today, God is speaking to us right here through that Old Testament, that Old Covenant poet as he wrote this. Let the whole world know what he has done. He's speaking to us. Saying, I, I want you, yes, even you, Stuttgart Harvest Church, friends and family of Stuttgart Harvest Church, I want you to let the whole world know what God has done. In the very last book of the Old Testament, the very last book, God says that this is actually going to happen. The whole world is going to know. He tells us about this, and he says, it's, it's our job. We have a job to be done about bragging on God. And he kind of explains it here in Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, chapter 1, verse 11. God says this through this prophet Malachi. My name will be great among the nations. From where the sun rises, he says, to where it sets, in every place incense and pure offerings will be brought to me because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord God Almighty. And then now this... This is our Old Testament text message from God. And so as the Old Testament comes to a close, he says, this is my desire. Don't forget this. I want you to make my name famous among all the world. And, and can you imagine? Can you imagine God being famous in, in every corner of the world, every spot, every single place that the sun 
touches on this earth. He's saying, I want to be famous there. And I want to be famous there. And I want to be famous there and there and there. Every single place that the sun touches, which is the entire earth. What a visual that he is painting for us. As he says, I want you to be a part of telling the world to every language group, every people group, every culture. He says that everywhere the sun touches, I want you to be a part of that. That, he says, that is where you're to go. Now back to our psalm, Psalm 105. Now verse 2. He says, sing to him. Yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Now here, God is just simply asking us to share. That's what he's wanting us to do is to share, but to share something very specific. He's simply telling us to share with other people what God has done and what God is doing in your life right now. What he has done and what he is doing. And now again, the Old Testament prophet, this is a different one. This is Isaiah, the prophet. God speaks through him and listen to what he says. He says, this is going to happen. Verse uh, 4 of chapter 12 of Isaiah. In that day, you will say, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name. In In other words, use your voice to say great things about God. Make known among the nations what he has done. In other words, share. Share with the people around you, the nations, the world, every language group, every people group, everybody at work. Share with your voice what God has done. Make known among the nations what he has done and proclaim that his name is exalted. Now, many parts of this prophet Isaiah, of his book, Many parts of Isaiah point people and the nation of Israel toward the coming Messiah. And we know where all of this is heaven. This is is the coming Messiah who is Jesus who would deliver the nation of Israel and subsequently deliver all of mankind, every single person, every soul who chooses to submit their life to him. And at that point, When someone does submit their life to God, they have something to proclaim. They have words now to use to describe what God has done for them and what he is doing for them. And these are the very same people, the very same people that God created, the very same people, myself included, you too probably, who have at times in their lives rebelled against God and walked away from God and pushed God to the background. These very people are now proclaiming what God has done for them and what he is doing now as he's changing them. How amazing is that? And back to our psalm again. Now we're in verse 3 of Psalm 105. Exult, which means uh, celebrate, celebrate in his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Now, we are commanded to and we're commanded to lift high God's holy and, and pure and sinless name and his character and his being. So if you worship God, then this passage is speaking to you. 
If you are a God worshiper, a Jesus worshiper, he's speaking to you. Now those, since the New Testament time, the New Covenant time, everyone who chooses to meet together and worship God is part of what the God, God calls the church. Part of the church. So today, we are called the church. Now I want you to listen to how the church is described in the New Testament. And very specifically here... It is being written to part of the church, and his name is Paul. And listen to this description that Paul gives, Acts chapter 13, verse 47. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. And I think in here, he can also speak for us, because we too are part of the church. Here's what he says. I have made you a light for the Gentiles. Now, a Gentile is absolutely anyone who is not a Jew. So that's most of us here today. He says, I've made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Wherever that might be, he said, that's what I've asked you to do, to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Now, all of us who follow Jesus, all of us who follow Christ, we are part of God's goal for redeeming the whole world to God himself. And in fact, in that passage, God describes us as a light to the world. Now, this building we're in today, it is not the church. This building is not the light to the world. It's just a building. It is not the church. I know we frequently say, I'm going to church today. This is not the church. In fact, you, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are the church. We together, collectively, who follow Jesus, we are the church you are described as the light that shines towards, that points people toward what Jesus did on the cross. Now, Jesus did not die on the cross just so we can have a ticket to heaven. That is a benefit. But Jesus died so that we can be in a close, personal relationship with God himself. And yes, that is an eternal relationship. He didn't die just to get you a free pass so then you can walk out of this building and say, ah, I got that taken care of. Now just back to life as usual. No, he, he died so that you can walk with him. You can God's plan and you can be changed by him daily. That's what this is all about. And he says, you are part of God's plan A and God has no plan B. Plan A is this, that you be a part of telling the world what God has done, shining the light toward the cross and toward what Jesus has done for us. He said, that's why you're here. And that's why we, as Stuttgart Harvest Church, that's why we're here. For the people that you go to work with, for the people in your home, for the people in your family, for the people in your neighborhood, for the people that you pass at Walmart, that's why we are here. Now, let me give you a side note. Side note. Who, so if we are here to invite those people, if that's why we're here, to help shine the light toward the cross, if that's why we're here, 
And if one way we can do that is by inviting them to sit beside us, then who do we invite? So here's the side note. This is to help explain that. Who do you invite? To answer your question, let me say this first. Who do I invite? Who do you invite? Not someone who has already reached. Not someone who is already attending a church that loves Jesus, that teaches the Bible. That's not who you invite. I had a very interesting conversation with somebody this week. They told me, they said, uh, we were on the phone, they called me and they said, well, the reason why you haven't seen us in a while, and first of all, a lot of people start their conversations with me like that, and, and I never cast judgment and I never try to make them feel guilty because they're not guilty. I, I love them. And, but he said, the, we're on the phone, the reason why you haven't seen us in church in a while is because... Um, well, there's this other church that's been calling us and, and visiting us and asking us to come. And, well, we, we've decided just to go ch- check it out. And I was like, hey, listen, don't worry about that. And, and for me, listen, I loved them before they came to Stuttgart Harvest Church. And I love them now, the, even though they're not here. Still love them. That doesn't change that a bit. But let me tell you why I tell you that. Because... Sometimes we can get fooled as a church into thinking that we are making a difference in our community, in our world, when we get someone to sit in a seat. And we sometimes think that we are making a difference in our community, in our world, if we get anybody to sit in a seat. So we go talk to people who are already and we and we go talk to people who are already involved in a church and we just say things like well you should come to mine you should come to my church i mean i know you're in church but our church is different you know we got a pastor he's kind of fat makes fun of himself he's ugly he knows it we got you have he wears shorts i mean you're going to like our church so you should leave your church and come to our church Now listen, God told us to be fishers of men, but he wants us to fish with people who have not been reached. If we as a church go to someone already in church, and we, here's what it's like, they're already in a fish tank. They're going to church and they're in that church, that's their church. And we're going and asking them, hey, why don't you jump out of your fish tank and jump into our fish tank? And do you know what that accomplishes for God? Nothing. Not a thing. Not even a little bit. It fools us into thinking that we're growing. It fools us into thinking that we are making a difference, an impact on our community and our world just because there's another person in a chair. But the reality is we're just asking someone who's already in a fish tank to jump into our fish tank. And so we are lying to ourselves and making ourselves think that we're doing exactly what God asked us to do when the reality is this. He said, I want you to go 
to the places where my name is not famous, where I am not known. Go there. Talk to that person. Love that person. Serve that person. Invite that person. Why? Because God has placed us here to make a difference. Not to ask people to jump out of their church and out of their fish tank and into ours. God desires that we make a difference. That makes no difference. Now, I would be lying to you if I did not acknowledge that sometimes, sometimes God sends to Stuttgart Harvest Church someone who has already been reached. He does that. Sometimes he sends someone to our church who is already involved in another church. And in God's providence and his understanding, I can't tell you why he does that. He knows why he sends them here. Someone who's already... But here's the truth. They don't come here, someone who's already reached... Because we go to them and say, hey, why don't you come and swap tanks and come to our church? Because our church is different. You should come to our church. Leave your church and come to our church. We don't do that. If God for some reason sends them here, not because we went after them. We didn't go fishing for them. If for some reason God sends them here, it is for his very specific purpose. And we know somehow it involves a very specific serving opportunity. Because he's not bringing them here to sit down. If for some reason God sends them and they're already reached, that's his business. But we are not trying to grow a church and make a difference in our community based upon going to someone else's church and inviting them to come try our church. Because we don't want to fool ourselves into thinking that we're making a difference when really we're just simply asking people to jump tanks. That's not what we're about. That's not why we started Stuttgart Harvest Church. That's not why God put this on our hearts and our minds. He did it so that we could make a difference in the lives of those people who for some reason have walked away from God or pushed him to the background or someone who has never given God a chance in the first place. That's why we're here. Whatever you do, don't invite people who are already actively attending a church. It's just not why we're here. Back to our Psalm 105, this time verse 4. It says, search for the Lord and for his strength, continually seek him. Now, what I have found in my life, as I seek God, And the more I seek God, the more I pursue God, the more I realize that he has a purpose and a mission for me personally to be involved in. The more I seek after God, the more he actually sends me out. 
The more I pursue him, the more that person says, hey, go that way and talk to that person. Love that person. Serve that person. Invite that person. The more I seek him, the more he sends me. You'll find the same thing true for you. And as I understand that he is sending me on a specific purpose, even if it is right here in my very own community, I realize this. This is a mission, a task, a purpose that must be fulfilled. We get more information about that. Back in the book of Acts from this guy who is also part of the church. His name is Paul in Acts chapter 20 verse 24. Here's what he has to say about that for him. He says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. In other words, when I put my life on this scale of other people and the purpose I'm called for, I am nothing. He says, I'm nothing. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task. He says, I have a job to do. This is my only concern, to finish the race, complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. And then he tells us what that task is. We have the same task, the task of testifying, that is sharing, that is telling the good news of God's grace. And what is the good news of God's grace? The good news of God's grace is what Jesus has done for us and what he is doing right now in you as he changes your life. That is the good news of God's grace. Now, if you are looking for inspiration, if you are looking for encouragement, you should tape this verse up all around your house and your car and your bathroom because this is Paul's single minded focus and he's saying I must fulfill this responsibility of sharing this good news of what God has done and what he's doing in me right now to change me I must share this throughout all the world everywhere I go and that should put Wheaties in your milk it should put caffeine in your coffee it should encourage you and energize you and inspire you now back to Psalm 105, the last two verses. Here we go. Verse 5. Remember the wonders he has performed. He's saying, don't forget. Remember the wonders he's performed, his miracles and his rulings he has given up. Then he's saying who to remember, you children of the servant Abraham. And just a heads up, if you are a follower of Jesus today, that means God has adopted you into that family as a child of Abraham. He said, uh, you children of his servant Abraham, you descendants of Jacob, that means if you have chosen to follow Jesus, he has adopted you into that family. So he is speaking to you as well. And then he says, his chosen ones. Now, he's chosen us. And if we... Or his father, follower, we have chosen him. But this leads us really to our last comment here this morning. We've been chosen. We chose him. But what are we doing with all of that? You see, there's another choice that needs to be made. 
sharing this with the people around you and the people you love and the people that you work with. You know, just I said those separately. That's interesting. Sharing this with the people around you, it takes a willingness. It takes a choice. God is simply saying, this is my plan. It's plan A. I don't have a backup plan. If you don't do your part that I've asked you to do, I don't have a backup plan for that. You are that plan A, the only plan. It takes a willingness for us to say, hmm, maybe I need to take part. And maybe I need to do my part and simply invite them, shine the light toward Jesus, towards the cross, towards following Jesus, the path of following him. Shine that light, that direction. And one way I can do that is to invite. Did you notice earlier he said it's going to happen everywhere the light, the sun hits the earth. That's where we're to share. Pretty sure the sun rises and sets all over Stuttgart and all over England, all over Hazen, all over DeWitt, all over Clarendon, Carlisle, all over our area and our region. The sun rises and the sun sets. He's saying, are you willing to make my name famous here? This is my plan A. I have no backup plan if you don't do your part. Are you willing? You see, we have to be willing in order for this to work. Isaiah, that prophet, we read from him earlier. Isaiah had this experience with God. Listen to this. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. Isaiah says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who, who will go for us? Here am I. And Isaiah said this, and I said, here am I. Send me. He said, I, I, I'm, I'm here, God. I, I'm here and I'm willing. Send me. I'm, I'm willing to go, God. Send me. And I believe that is happening for you right now. As God says, who, who will go for us? Who shall I send? You know, God is not going to coerce you to go. He's not going to force you to serve him. He's not going to force you. But he continually offers you and me a choice. He says, who, who will make me famous at your work? Who will make me famous at your school? Who will make me famous among your friends and your neighbors and your family? Who will go for me? And he longs to hear you say, God, here am I. God, I'm here. Please, please, God, send me. Will you say that to God? In your heart, right now, will you say that to God? Here am I, God, send me. Tomorrow morning at work, at school, God, send me. I'm here. God, send me and use me. And next week, next week is Easter. Next Sunday is Easter, Resurrection Sunday. And for some reason, a person who is not active in a church already, 
for some reason, Easter Sunday, they are most likely willing to attend a church on Easter Sunday if they are invited. And my challenge is this to you. Invite them tomorrow. Don't wait until Friday. Friday's too late. Don't even wait until Wednesday. My challenge is that you will invite them tomorrow. And listen, making a Facebook post where you invite the whole world or all of Stuttgart or all of uh, your area to church with you, that's okay. But that's not what I'm talking about. I am talking about a personal you and them invitation one-on-one, whether it's over the phone or whether it's face-to-face or whether it is a text message or a Facebook message to that one person where you personally say to them, I am inviting you. You say, Harley, that's awkward. I can give you some help. You can even say something like this to your friend. One-on-one. I I know this is kind of strange, but I I would love to invite you and your family to sit beside me next Sunday, which is Easter Sunday, kind of a big deal, next Sunday at Stuttgart Harvest Church. You don't have to worry about what you wear. Um, we, We don't dress up. We just kind of wear what's comfortable. Our only dress code is this. Just please wear something. That's it. And you won't be sorry. You won't be put on the spot. You won't be singled out. You won't be sorry. And we don't do anything weird. All we're going to do is open up God's word. And... We're going to encourage everyone who's there, encourage them and their life that they're living right now with something in God's word. I tell you what, I will even, I'll meet you outside if you'll just text me or call me as you're pulling into the parking lot. I'll meet you outside. You don't have to tell me now, just think about it. And then guess what? On Tuesday, invite them again. Lovingly, kindly, no pressure. On Wednesday, invite them again. But start on Monday. And here's another encouragement. Don't just invite one person. I would encourage you to find three different people who will tell you yes. And understand this. About half of the people who tell you yes will actually show up. Which is weird, because if you invite three, then there's a half person somewhere, and that's just freaky, but invite them anyway. Go ahead and invite them. They'll fit right in. So, will you take part? Can you imagine? Can you imagine what it'll feel like if in heaven someday you have somebody who is there with you, beside you, because you invited them to sit beside you here. 
simply because you decided to be that light that God asked you to be and you pointed them toward the cross. And I promise you, as part of this church, we will do our best to join together and whoever is sitting beside you that we will point them not to me, not to this building, not to another person. We will point them to Jesus. Can you imagine what it would be like simply because you be a part of that? Can you imagine what it would be like simply because you said to God, here am I God, send me. And lives will forever be changed because you decided to use your words to invite them personally, one-on-one. Let's pray. God, you told us to give thanks to you, to proclaim your greatness, to use our voices to let the whole world know, God, what you have done for us. And God, you told us that you have made us a light to shine people toward the cross, toward following Jesus. So God, today, as you have said, who will go for us? God, many of us this morning are saying, here am I, send me. So God, our Father, send us. And send us in the name of Jesus. Amen.